0: Hello and welcome to Cloud Automation Weekly. My name is Thorsten Höger and I'm here to talk about automating your AWS cloud infrastructure. Today I'm joined by Johannes Koch to talk about the new AWS Code Catalyst. Johannes, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Thorsten.
0: For folks are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, I'm Johannes. From I live in Germany. I work for an US company called FICO, and um, I work as a DevOps engineer um, in the Developer Experience team. Uh, this means that I help and empower other product teams to uh, do the right CI/CD um, pipelines and uh, help them with all kind of DevOps and AWS work as well.
0: And you're also part of the Community Builder Program.
1: Besides that, I'm also part of the Community Builders, and I'm also uh, part of the AWS community um, and uh, have a user group in Germany.
0: Perfect. So we both were um, in Las Vegas for reInvent last week. And there was this great announcement about now called AWS Code Catalyst, a CI, CD, and developer experience solution. And we both were in the beta. So we know what we're talking about. So let's let's enlighten our uh, listeners. What is Code Catalyst?
1: I think essentially it's called Amazon catalyst, which was something that uh, surprised me a little bit. Um it is an all-all but nothing solution to do CI/CD on uh, AWS. Um, I think that's something that I've been I've been waiting for. It does not only include CI/CD; it also includes all of the other parts of the product lifecycle. So uh, you can manage your source code uh, on the tool itself. Uh, you can uh, manage your issues there, your projects, uh, your environments. Um, and that is something that uh, AWS did not have before.
0: Yeah, that sounds really, really cool. Um, so to yeah, to start with this, is it ready yet?
1: Um, it is currently in preview. Uh, this means that it gives the possibility to try the features out and to try the functionalities out. Um, is it ready to use in a production uh, environment and in a production context? I think that's a question that uh, depends highly on the product or project that you're looking at. Um, it uh, has a lot of features that make it usable already. I, I would say maybe we can go into details about that as well. Um, but it's officially in preview.
0: Okay, so <laughs> changes could happen. If you're fine with the changes, go for it and use it.
1: Yeah, if you're like uh, as technical a fiend as I am, right? Then you just go for it and start uh, moving your products uh, or your projects over, um, which I already did. Or I'm trying to do with one of my uh, pet projects that I have, okay. uh, and you will be able to achieve a lot with it um, already. Um, and uh, for, for small projects, I think that you can really already use it. So,
0: yeah, so so the most of the features you described are already there. So you can manage issues, you can create repositories, you can create pipelines, you can deploy to AWS accounts.
1: Yeah, maybe let maybe let's start with the with the first part of the product lifecycle. essentially uh, how do you manage uh, your code at the end um the code catalyst works in a way that uh, you have your unique uh, user id um that you can use to access code catalyst you do not have the requirement to be directly attached to an AWS account. Uh, So you have your own builder ID. I think this is something that is a a very good decision um, as you then have the possibility to invite others to your projects as well. Uh, once you have access code, code list, uh, you can set up uh, so-called spaces. Uh, and these spaces then can have multiple projects. Um, from a limits perspective, um, I think today a user is limited to five spaces uh, per user. Uh, and in each of the spaces, you can have up to 1,000 projects. Uh, for pet projects, this will be good enough, I guess. Uh, but for larger organizations, this might be some limits that you need to uh, take into account as well. Um, after then setting up the uh, the the project uh, you can then uh, either use uh, a git a git repository uh, int- internally of code catalyst or you could also potentially link this to github and where you might already have your existing code base. i think that's from an <laughs> Code lifecycle perspective, where you actually get started, um, and uh, that's how you get set up. I think here's something that uh, would be beneficial going forward: is having a, another uh, layer of integrations. Uh, as an example, we use uh, Bitbucket uh, for our um, for our uh, code management in our organization. It would be cool to have also a possibility to integrate Bitbucket as a as an integration point here for managing code assets.
0: Yeah, I think that totally makes sense because. As we said you can also manage your issues in in code catalyst and there's also an integration to outsource this to Jira. so it's already connecting to the Atlassian tool suites so bitbucket would be a logical consequence We're talking about cloud, i think because we'll agree that the on-prem versions are gone
1: that's correct yes um so now if we if we look at the code management within the tool itself, uh, it has a lot of possibilities already to uh, also do pull requests and uh, approvals and steps like that um, that you can actually do, uh, which is, I think, kind of handy. Uh, it's essentially what you also need if you want to manage your project completely on this AWS uh, tool stack at the end.
0: OK, yeah, what I really loved of the first moment I tried out Code Catalyst is that the topmost layer is not the repository. But the project and a project can have multiple repositories. So there is really one level in between. Because so many times I see, like, I need a front-end project, I need a back-end project, and it's two or three repositories in one project. And with all the other tools, it's like, how do I separate different projects from different repositories? How do I group them by prefixing the thing or something? And now it really is a real hierarchical level in code Catalyst
1: that's that's correct and I, I love that idea and that feature as well um however it's not fully thought through at the moment um, because if you then look at the CICD pipelines and workflows then they are managed on a pri- by repository basis um so that's uh that's something where I believe we are gonna need to talk about again going forward um because either you have the concept of uh, the project is handled within the repository or the the workflow is kind of part of the 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 repository that's something that I, I have been struggling with right where do you place your workflows and how do you interact between different repositories that are part of the same project within a workflow
0: okay yeah i never thought of this because normally i try to split my repositories by lifecycle, so every repository has a life cycle so i never had to use workflows across repositories but I want to group them so I know this is the same project. This is project one and it contains a front end and a back end. And that's I think a really cool idea and feature and I, I would love for other CICD or Git repository solutions to have this too.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I think I think that's that's gonna be really helpful also for for future projects. But still, the combination to the workflows, right? So, um, as, uh, let's let's go over to the workflows. I think uh, we called them CI/CD pipelines a little bit earlier. Um, the CI/CD pipelines are managed on a by repository basis. Uh, actually, in the similar flavor as GitHub Actions, so you have um, a workflow. You can have multiple workflow files uh, that are part of the repository, um, and uh, there is a, a definition on how this is actually going to. Um, how you can actually confine, define workflows. And I think that works out pretty well. Um, so I've tried that already. Uh, you can have different workflows that do different things as part of the same repository. Uh, the tool will automatically def- discover any changes that you do on the Bitbucket side, but the tool will also be able to, you will also be able to edit the workflows uh, on, online on the in, in the code catalyst tool itself uh, where you actually have a visually visual overf- overview as well about your workflow and i think that's something one some feature that i i very much liked um because you can if you're not really familiar, familiar with writing ci cd pipelines so documenting them uh, you will see them in a, in a very good overview as well in the in code catalyst itself
0: yeah and, and as i uh, no, you can also use all existing GitHub Actions as Actions in Code Catalyst. So they integrated the full feature set. So you have a bunch of things you can use in your workflow.
1: Yeah, that's something I already tried. Um, it, it, it works well. Um, it's, it's it's really cool to have the possibility to use all of the GitHub Actions already. Um, in all of the Actions, I think there's it's a preview version, Um things like uh, they expect to have um, specific directories uh, available or something like that right these are things that are going to be resolved uh, until ga i would i would say um as an example the cdk deploy action that we have today uh, it requires the cdk code to be in the root folder of your of your uh, repository which is something that is not always granted right so you cannot change the directory for that uh, but that's something where uh, the team actually already got back to me after a few hours. We're working on it. It's going to be fixed soon. And that's something that I really much liked about this launch, right? The team has been very responsive on all of the questions that uh, that different uh, users have had for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. the CDK deploy action in CodeCatalyst is a, a different thing I, I'm having a, a struggle with. So I already talked with the CDK team and the CodeCatalyst team about this. I think it's implemented completely wrong, but that's the discussion I'm having with the team, and I hope they fix it for GA, because synthesizing and deploying, which is not what CDK deploy should do.
1: But, but that's that's what the preview is for, right? That we as users of the tool give feedback and that we share our thoughts on how things could be done better.
0: If we have pipelines and all the things in a project, how do we start a project? Is it just creating a project? What happens there?
1: Yeah, so I think that's one of the main uh, main assets and drivers that catalyst is bringing to us, it gives us the possibility to use so-called blueprints Blueprints to make it easier to get started. Um, so uh, you as a user have the possibility, if you want to set up a project, you can either start from scratch or you can use an existing pr- a blueprint that gives you different possibilities on how your project would look like. As an example, a single page application um, blueprint gives you the possibility to choose, I think, a React um, application or also a Node.js application. Uh, You can then also choose the infrastructure as code to set up. Will it be uh, TypeScript or should it be Python? And based on the configuration of that blueprint, uh, your project will be set up in a way that uh, you can directly start working at it. Uh, And uh, in the easiest situation, you just Uh, copy paste in your existing front end code for react Uh, you execute the workflow again and you would already have your fully deployed react application on the web maybe and so that's the idea behind the blueprints Um, i think we started with around six blueprints at the moment if i recall correctly and i assume that this is going to grow um, until ga as well
0: yeah i already heard that there should also be an option for you to create your own blueprints by ga but that's not something they have yet. Um, So that sounds really, really cool with these blueprints and and templates to to create new projects. Um, I want to go one little step back to just emphasize it again. You mentioned the builder ID. So just to make this clear, Code Catalyst does not live in your AWS account. It's not an AWS resource as the existing code tools or any other services. It's completely different service outside of the AWS account. And you log in using a completely different new ID, and then you can connect it to your AWS account to deploy things or to multiple accounts. But it's not living in your AWS account, which is a completely new thing for AWS, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think this is something that will be really, really cool for, uh, especially smaller parts, smaller organizations or startups, right? Uh, until now, you had all of the infrastructure required for your CI/CD living in your own account. Uh, it was ma- maybe also messing up your bills and stuff like that. Now you do not need to manage that anymore. Code Catalyst takes care of that. Um, and uh, the infrastructure for all of your CI CD moves outside your own accounts. You don't need to have an own CI CD account anymore, like an, a lot of organizations used to have. Um, and I think that's, that's also going to be a real asset.
0: Yeah, that just wanted to make sure that this is really something new. Yeah. And this builder ID is then in the future used for different things. So I think they now changed the repost, so they are online forums to use this Builder ID. And eventually in the future, we can even register for events using this Builder ID. Maybe they will finally make this single ID a thing.
1: Yeah, it would be cool. Um, so, the repost feature I also used already with my builder ID, but uh, going back to Code Catalyst, really having the possibility to invite personalized users without the need to um, have IAM roles attached to it, right? I think that's something that is going to be really cool as well. Um, and then we're going to see a, a high adoption here, I would say, as well. I think things, Yeah, something that is missing there is somehow a possibility to integrate that with, with enterprise. Single sign on or something like that, right? So at the moment, my organization would not be able to adopt Code Catalyst just because we have high requirements from a uh, legal perspective, right? Um, so uh, we would not be able to use Code Catalyst because there's no possibility to, uh, to integrate any other single sign on provider. And uh, so this is something I assume that for GA, we are also going to get that.
0: I hope for GA. I definitely talked with the team about it. Um, they noted it down. I hope they will do it because that's definitely thing for enterprises, you need to have some kind of single sign-on procedure.
1: Yeah, and also maybe then for the future an integration with AWS organizations, right? I don't know if that's ever going to be um, done, right? But then you would also have a possibility to have a code cutless structured within those organizations. Um, and that that might be something. Um, but I think that's, that's not the scope of the preview that we're seeing today, right? Today, the, the preview is needs to be focused on how do we make developers more productive and this is also how um how um werner announced the service last week right um how do we enable and empower developers to deliver uh, stuff quickly right without the need to think about all of the bloatware around how do i set a code pipeline and stuff like that um so i think that's that's different different scope of preview
0: yeah and as you said, that's exactly why it's a preview, to, to figure out what's missing and what people need and what people uh, want to have. I'm um, talking about the blueprints again. Um, do these blueprints also create the pipelines for you? So is this already there by some reference, or how does this work?
1: Yeah, so I um, there's a few blueprints that already have pipelines within it. Uh, there's one blueprint that essentially implements something that AWS calls uh, the deployment pipeline reference architecture. Um, I think that's going to be very cool thing if we can really uh, get more best practice pipelines available within the tool. So people that have not expe- have not, have not had, had any experience with building pipelines, if we can uh, get something for them prepared, right, that they can then just use. Um, things like a real CI/CD pipeline needs to contain. All of the security tooling, security scans uh, that we need as part of the, the DevSecOps approach, right? Um, having more blueprints, blueprints like that will make it easier.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool thing, and I, I think it's one of these hidden gems that the DPrA, the Deployment Pipelines Reference Architecture. I will definitely link to it in in the show notes, and as a sneak peek, I will have uh, one of the authors of it on a future episode. So we will dive into this topic because I think it really helps that they now show you a reference architecture as a best practice approach to building deployment pipelines.
1: Yep. And I also hope that once we get the possibility to create our own blueprints for code right? we we will also have the possibility to share these with others. right? And then the community can also help building out this kind of best practice implementations or example implementations for a pipeline as well.
0: Yeah, that would really, really sound really great. So talking about the GA, so we talked about some things. What are the things you would really love to see for the GA?
1: So I think there's a few things um, that can be, should be expanded. Um, we already yeah. talked, I think, about integrations, um, integrating with Big Bucket, integrating uh, with um, with with other third-party providers. Um, this is something that needs to be a little bit enlarged. Um, The marketplace feature, it is today there, but I think not really opened to any third party providers. Um, So um, here getting more third party providers to be able to integrate uh, things uh, into the marketplace uh, will be also beneficial for core catalyst. Then we have um, the Verified GitHub Actions, I think is the name that they call it, right? So there's a few GitHub Actions that have already been tested and verified by the code catalyst team. I envision a larger version, a larger number for those uh, going forward um, as well. Yeah, and then, well, we already talked about best practices, right? Uh, making sure that we can guide teams on how to set up their projects in code catalysts uh, with more and better maybe examples or blueprints that they are going to be able to use. This would be the things that at least I have in mind. Um, but I assume Torsten you also have more things right that you that you want to see,
0: yeah, so for me, definitely it would be a better integration with the CDK deployments, so also more blueprints for for CDK applications. And what I'm definitely looking into is if I still want to continue using code pipeline, for example, I would love to have Code Catalyst as a source repository for code pipeline. So use Code Catalyst. For issue tracking, for repository management, for pull requests, for CI workflows on feature branches, and all the things we just discussed. But then handing it over to the existing code pipeline feature and say, yeah, I want to keep using CDK pipelines with code pipeline as before and use code catalyst as a source repository. Right now, I can use Bitbucket, I can use GitHub, I can code, use code commit. So why not use code catalyst as a source? for the existing feature of code pipelines in my AWS account. I would love to see that.
1: Yeah, that's a a good point. I was trying to adopt one of my pet projects where I actually use CDK pipelines to generate a huge number of code pipelines, right? And reusing that in Code catalyst is today not possible, right? So um, think of a microservices architecture where you have uh, 20 plus microservices that share the same pipeline. Today, what you need to do in CodeCatalyst is you need to have the workflow in each of the repositories of the microservices and then execute that manually. What I did with CDK pipelines was use the power of CDK and generate those pipelines. Uh, That's something that I believe could also be improved for for GA going forward.
0: Yeah, I think there is a fundamental difference between how code pipeline works versus CodeCatalyst and GitHub and all the other workflow tools work because all these tools are workflow-driven whereas code pipeline is one pipeline that can have multiple commits at different stages in the pipeline at the same time but with a guarantee that commits can never um yeah be faster than others so there's there's still a fifo queue for commits in code pipeline with workflows no matter if it's bitbucket or code commit uh, or github or code catalyst one workflow could be faster than another so if you have a lot of commits going on i think it's like how do we prevent one commit being faster than, than the previous one?
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I think that actually is a, is a good possibility to mention the new builders, uh, uh, AWS Builders Library articles that have been announced last week as well. Um, there's one from Claire Ligori around uh, why my CD, CI-CD pipeline is my release captain. I think we could also add that to the show notes, Torsten. That's a really good read. Um, I think... Not everything written down there has been incorporated within the code catalyst concept as well, right? And I think that's the point that you're making. Um, how do we uh, make sure that code catalyst can also be used going forward as our one and only release pipeline or release management framework, right? Where code pipelines is a little bit more uh, today, uh, CDK pipelines are a little bit better today than code pipelines. Their code catalyst still is. I will send you the link um if you haven't uh, if you don't have it right. But
0: it open um, on my browser right now to read it.
1: <laughs> for anyone interested in CI C D, this is uh, this this in the combined articles really gives a good insights into how the AWS does that today, right? And I think uh, we LRBS is big enough for us to at least consider them as a trustworthy source, right, for uh, building our own CI/CD strategy.
0: I'll definitely put it in the show notes and also the previous article from Claire Ligori, um, the safe hands-off deployments, which is a base for this one, which is also a perfect example, how to do pipelines, and which is basically the written form of the deployment pipeline reference architecture before it was there. So it's all one thing. How does Amazon do things that work? And I think they work because they are working at scale and it still works. So it's obvious that these things are not completely crap.
1: Yeah. First, we did not really talk about the development environments. I think that's also something uh, that we should at least mention from a CodeCatalyst perspective, right? So what CodeCatalyst has as an option today is that you uh, can Either open um, Cloud9 as an IDE or open your local JetBrains IDE and connect to the existing source or branch within CodeCutter. This is a fascinating thing, right? Because you can just click on one button, open up your IDE, start working on that branch that you're currently located on, and uh, it will automatically synchronize. Um, I think that's that's also worth worth mentioning, right? Because I've not had other any other um, project or any other tools that offer that functionality today.
0: Yeah, that that's really a cool thing. You you can launch JetBrains or VS Code. So it's basically similar to Gitpod or what Codespaces is doing, and it, and it's really a cool thing. So and I think it's cool that they have launch partners like VS Code and, and um JetBrains to not only support their cloud nine IDE but really also the tools that, that people out there use. So it's all about meeting developers where they are using GitHub for their source code, using Jira for their issue management, using JetBrains for their development environment. And you can continue using these tools in a new solution instead of, yeah, that's a cool tool, but you need to change everything.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to drive a lot of adoption. Uh, One thing to note here is if you use the Cloud 9 version, the infrastructure for the Cloud9 instance is going to live in your own AWS account, right? So you're going to start in charging costs for that uh, feature um, if it, that you maybe that directly do not think about, right? So that's something that I already encountered. Um, yeah, but yeah. why
0: would you use Cloud9 if you can use VS Code or JetBrains?
1: Yeah, good question. <laughs> Uh, what, what about secrets? Have you looked at them already? I know that they are there, but I haven't used them. So um, there's a the possibility to have secrets stored as well within your CI CD part uh, in Code Catalyst.
0: Didn't look at that because, yeah, I need, need to find a use case for this because mm-hmm. normally I'm trying to store secrets in an encrypted format in the repository to get um deterministic way of deploying them. So I'm using ZOPS to encrypt secrets and store them in the repository mm-hmm. instead of they're coming out of magic environment land. So because then they're a version that can use pull requests to see why they are there. But definitely we'll try out the secrets feature.
1: And also another feature I've not looked at, so I cannot really comment on it is the reports feature. Um I have not really worked with that part yet. Um, they have always been empty for me. So um, still some time it need, need some time to evaluate all of the functionality that the project has.
0: Yeah, there's these test reports. So if you run JUnit, for example, for a Java project, it will pick up the JUnit reports and show you some graphs like, oh, yeah, 10 tests ran and nine were successful. One failed because of line something or coverage reports and things like that.
1: Um, so and then another question on that one. Um are we going to be able to capture the DORA matrix out of code catalysts? And I'm not expecting you to have the answer, Torsten. It's just something that came coming on my mind, right? So uh, from a DevOps perspective, if you want to measure your um, your throughput through your pipelines, uh, is this something that, uh, that code catalyst will include going forward? Do you know that?
0: I have no idea, but I think that's definitely something that could go into the, the feedback form so the team is aware of it and will yeah look into it. So, yeah, I think there's a a lot of features coming up. Also from from third-party providers. Like, I I was talking to JetBrains immediately after Mm -hmm. the release. Like, yeah, now that you have another remote solution, what about having a native iPad version of the JetBrains IDs? (laughs) Because if we now see more and more ephemeral workspaces living in the cloud, like on GitHub, on Gitpod, on Code Catalyst, do we really need strong development machines? Or isn't an iPad just enough to show the IDE because it's running somewhere else. So I don't need to have the power on my iPad. I can you, just use an iPad as a presentation machine. So, and then we looking into this like, now nah, we don't have it yet, but more and more people come up and asking this question. So I think that's always also something we are going to see that we're, we could go back to th- basically thin clients.
1: Yeah, good idea.
0: Which might also be a security thing because many companies have these discussions. Do we want to provide admin access to developers on their local machines or whatever? And what permissions should they have on their machines? We don't care, it's an iPad. It's a lockdown device.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it would be cool to see that features and then uh, imagine coding on the go, right? That is also cool if you do not really need to think about where you code. And, and um, lowering the burden actually to to write code is, I think, something that we need to get better as well. So this this might be helpful in that regards. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I think that's definitely some features we, we want to see in, in the future. Um, so where do we see Code Catalyst in the future? I think for me, it's, I hope that all these comments on Twitter were wrong that say, yeah, this is another dead project. So I really hope that they will, this time, keep it on track and, and keep it moving and and keep investing in the project and not wait for 5 years until more features like with some of the code um services but i i think this time they want to do it right
1: yeah i think um i've 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 stayed inside my uh, code catalyst is awesome bubble so far so i've not left that right so i've not read all of the bad comments about code catalyst um, but if I see where this could go going forward, right? I can see a tool that would also be able to directly visualize your integration with the infrastructure that you have deployed. Right? You would then directly have the possibility because it comes from the infrastructure provider. If you have the possibility to, after deployment, or also integrate the CloudWatch monitoring or CloudWatch alarms regarding uh, regards that, right? Then it becomes a really powerful tool to manage all of your lifecycle on um, AWS. Uh, something maybe where we need to look at, at the moment, it offers a very broad possibility, right? Uh, if we if we strip it down going forward, maybe to something more for serverless applications, right, where you don't have uh, EC2 instance or something like that, uh, you have even more potential to really visualize everything that is part of your lifecycle. And I think there, the tool can become very powerful uh, and can give a lot of insights to people that not, don't have too much experience and knowledge about that as well. So as as you said, Torsten, I really hope that uh, AWS keeps investing into this, uh, that they help the team to uh, also react on customer feedback um, and uh, leverage um, more possibilities as well from the community to get involved here, right? And um, I I I think uh, if if AWS focuses on investing, right, um, this can be a very Cool thing uh, for everything that you want to do from a CI CD perspective on AWS going forward.
0: Yeah. And I think the really most important feature of this compared to all the other CI CD developer experience things is a tight integration with AWS. So all yeah. the authentication into AWS is a solved problem for you. It can assume roles natively. You can do all this permission stuff. So it really can integrate with your AWS accounts. And you don't have this, how do I? access AWS from my CI CD pipeline, because that's a solved problem within this tool. So I think that's really the thing. And I really love the idea of integrating it more, as you just mentioned, maybe even the new application composer could be accessed directly from your repository. Like this is my CI, this is my infrastructure file, open application composer from it, in code catalyst and not in my AWS account and things like that could be things for the future.
1: Yeah, or or directly visualizing your CloudFormation deployments as well, right? So if you really have the possibility to see, okay, this is how my CloudFormation deployment now worked or did not work, right? It's going to be a a one-stop shop at the end for everyone that wants to deploy something on AWS. And um, yeah, as I said, I see a very big future for the tool um, if we keep up the pace, right? Because um, we need to ensure that there is quickly coming new features that can then be verified, right if we if we get into a post mode right um, as you said, there's going to be more people talking bad about the tool. Uh, there is uh, and that's gonna be bad, right We need to keep the momentum right of of giving the users things that they need to be successful in the next at least um half a year, maybe a year.
0: yeah yeah, so I think, Um, that's a good wrap up to see what we have right now and what we hope to see in the future. Um, I think this has been great. So where can people find more about you
1: online? Uh, Yeah, so I'm mostly active on LinkedIn uh, and on my own homepage um, where I have a a blog myself. Um, I also blog for the FTO. Uh, I can give you the links later uh, where you can find um, my my online presence at the end. Uh, yeah, and if you have any questions or thoughts and would like to reach out to me about any comments that I made today, uh, I think uh, email or LinkedIn would be the most appropriate thing. Uh, I'm also on the CDK Dev Slack. Um, I think this is the most public Slack uh, so far that we have. Um, yeah, we can share that link again. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for having me.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thanks for joining me today. Um, All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm Thorsten Höger, and I hope you join me against time for Cloud Automation Weekly.